Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Brought to you by the Holy Grail Banks Tavern and Grill, Norcom, your audiovisual information technology solutions provider, nor-com.com. GTM Food Group, let's create great dishes to get Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. And by MSA Design, design, create, innovate. The Red's Hot Stove League is also brought to you by CBTS, consult, build, transform, support, CBTS.com. Kelsey Chevrolet, from our family to yours, KelseyChev.com. RNL Carriers, your Domestic LTL and offshore shipping provider, rlc.com backslash offshore today. And by United Dairy Farmers, UDF now makes donuts in our new family bakery from our own recipes. The Reds are on the radio. Now the Reds Hot Stove League on 700 WLW, the home of the Reds. Welcome into the Reds Hot Stove League. We are live from the Holy Grail. Banks, as always, presented by Budweiser and UDF. We've got a lot to talk about today with Tom Brenneman. I'm Tommy Thrall. Thanks for being with us. It is official. Pedro Strofe has signed a one-year deal with the Reds to bolster the bullpen. That will certainly be exciting to talk about today. And he will be with us, we understand, uh, at any time now. He's making his way over from the ballpark here shortly. We'll also be joined on the show today by uh, the Reds general manager, Nick Crawl. Before we go into baseball, I have to congratulate you. <laughs> for those of you that may not know, Tommy raised in Kansas City, Missouri. And the Kansas City Chiefs are his team, and they're the NFL Super Bowl champs. So, Absolutely. I mean, I'm getting texts from him the day of the game. Hail to the Chiefs, all that kind of thing. Congratulations publicly. Thank you. I'm Appreciate very happy for you. It's it exciting when your home team wins the Super Bowl. It was a very exciting weekend. Yes. I had a chance uh, kind of on a whim. I just decided to drive back, watch the game with some buddies, and uh, it was my dad's birthday on Saturday, and then obviously the Super Bowl was on Sunday. So good birthday present the Chiefs delivered my dad. And great you're well. hanging out with dad. That's yeah, perfect. It was, it was really cool. Great weekend. Great. And, um, but yeah, now, now we get back and ready to talk some baseball now that the Super Bowl is over, even with the Chiefs winning. But now that that's over, now it's baseball season. I can't that's wait. always exciting. I can't wait to talk to uh, Pedro Strobe. Just visiting uh, from the Athletic a minute ago with C. Trent Rosecrans. A lot of the uh, media have gathered here. Thank you. Have gathered here for um, – the interview with Strope and with Nick Crawl about the signing. You know, anybody who, who's really paid attention to Reds baseball, we play the Cubs anywhere from 18 to 19 times a yep. year. And I'll bet you if you play them 18 times, I'll bet you Strope over the last uh, five years or so has probably pitched on average in 12 or 14 of those games. This guy has been a really, really good relief pitcher for a long, long time. 
He has been. A little bit of a down year last year, but that was battling injuries. He had the hamstring, a couple different issues last year. Really kind of one of those guys that seems poised for a big bounce back here as well. And when you look at the numbers that he put up the last, I mean, really, six of the last seven years, I mean, they're staggering. It's a no-brainer that this guy is going to be a huge boost to the bullpen, and that's why you go out and get him. We've talked a lot on this show about, all right, they've made a lot of moves to, to bolster the offense. You still need to put some pieces in place to put the bullpen together. And we'll, we'll dive deep into the bullpen a little bit later on, and we'll talk about it with Nick Crawl as well. But how about this? From 2014 to 2018, he was in the top 15 in Major League Baseball in ERA. Yeah. I mean, the numbers were just staggering for him. Well, I remember, you know, Tommy, I've been saying for years, and it doesn't make me right, doesn't make me wrong, but I always used to be baffled to some extent while the Reds fans got so down on David Weathers for a while. And I understand why they did, because he, when given the chance to close the games, was not necessarily a good closer. But for the job that you paid him to do for a long, long time, when you can find relievers in Major League Baseball that have five years, like you're referencing there with Strope, where you're pitching in 55, 65, 75 games a year. Your earn run average is 2-2, 2-5, 2-7, 2-8, which is what he was, 2-8 or lower in each of those five years. You really have something there. Now, you mentioned last year. He had a great start, injured his hamstring, tried to pitch through it, really got knocked around. He had a terrible month. He just ballooned his ERA, tried to come back too early, injured it again by the time he got healthy in september he was again among the best relievers in all of major league yep. baseball and i think that's what the reds are looking at when they're bringing this guy yeah, in. he got it back on track in september finished strong and now he's ready to rock and roll this year i mean and he joins a group i mean we talk about you know th- there was a lot that was said that hey they still need to go out and get a couple arms for the bullpen this is still a pretty good group especially when you factor in the back end of the bullpen we've talked about it some i would guess that Rysel Iglesias will probably go back to just closing games yep. now. because, and, and I say that not, not just because of the struggles that he had, but you can do that now when you see what Amir Garrett turned into last year. He proved to be a guy that's kind of can be that closer that comes in, you know, when the game's on the line in the seventh inning, and those are the big outs you want to get. He can be that guy. Michael Lorenzen proved he can be that guy. So you have a couple of guys there that can, can either be a closer type in the seventh or eighth inning when you need him, or they can be a setup man for Iglesias. And then Robert Stevenson had a great breakout year last mm-hmm. year, and there's no reason to believe that he can't continue to, to progress and, and be the same pitcher he was. Well, and all those things you just used to describe uh, Lorenzen and um, Amir Garrett hold true for stroke. I mean, there'll yeah. be days where, mm-hmm. you know, people forget with the Cubs, there were a couple of those years you made reference to where he was actually the closer for the yeah. Chicago Cubs. And closed a lot of games out against the Cincinnati Reds when they had that run up until uh, September of a year and a half ago where they just dominated the Reds unlike any other team has dominated any other team in Major League Baseball for a long, long time. Well, he's a, he is a great addition. Um, th- there's really only a few spots, I think, two, maybe three spots that are going to be up for grabs in spring training this year. Otherwise, the bullpen really looks pretty good. Um, and I think you'll have another lefty in the bullpen this year. I, I, I see that the second left-handed spot being Cody Reed's to lose in spring training. He's out of options. This is a big year for him. It, really, it's, it's make or break for him. No doubt. Uh, we saw flashes last year. Talked to Derek Johnson a little bit earlier this year. He kind of feels like Cody Reed might be a good fit. If that's the case, now you've got two bullpen options left, and, and those, 
you would you would figure go to guys with options because mm -hmm. you have to have some options in your bullpen so you can bring guys back and forth so you keep your bullpen fresh. And you have, you know, a lot of people are well aware, but for those that maybe aren't, uh, you're adding an additional roster spot this year, so everybody's going to have 13 pitchers on their pitching staff. Going That's into the cap. The year. Yeah, and so you know, you, you're not allowed to, to juggle that and all of a sudden have 15 pitchers and have 11 position players. You can't do it that way. It's a 13-13 split, and, and you'll obviously guys shuttling up and down depending on what kind of games you're playing. But if it holds true and the starting pitchers can go out and do what Derek Johnson and, and David Bell has gone on record as saying, we're going to try to extend these guys and pitch them deeper into games instead of pull them out of one-run games into fifth inning like we saw so frequently last year, then perhaps the toll will meet out as great on that bullpen. And I think that comes from experience, too. I think guys learned how to get a little deeper into games. Guys are, guys are going to be a little older this year. They're going to have, especially a guy like Luis Castillo. He's going to have that experience well, to help him get through they, that. They, they, Tommy, you, you know. I mean, you've seen baseball for so long. There's a big difference, and I used to uh, debate this all the time with my old broadcast partner who is a Hall of Famer, God rest his soul, Ron Santo, who didn't play on many good Chicago Cubs teams. And, and we would frequently have the conversation about, is it harder to be a good player on a good team than it is to be a great player on a bad team. And so now we're going to find out from the Reds, th they've had some guys over there that have had great years on bad teams. Yeah. Now all of a sudden it's time to be a great player or a really good player on a good team. Expected to be a good team. Right. Pressure, Annie rises, and here comes the man himself. Are we going to take a break first? Yeah, we're going to take a break, all and right. then we'll bring him on. All right. And uh, let's get to that break. The Holy Grail Banks and Budweiser are proud to sponsor the Reds Hot Stove League. Grab your buds for our next show at the Holy Grail Banks on February 12th with specials on Bud and Bud Light Buckets. The Holy Grail Banks, Cincinnati's home for sports. We're back with Pedro Strope on the Reds Hot Stove League. 50 days until opening day. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks. Presented by Budweiser and UDF on the Reds Radio Network. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. We are live as always at the Holy Grail Banks and presented by Budweiser and UDF. With Tom Brenneman, I'm Tommy Thrall, and we are pleased to be joined by the newest Red, Pedro Strope. Pedro, thanks so much for stopping by, joining us today. Welcome to the Reds. Welcome to Cincinnati. I mean, this has to be a pretty thrilling day for you. Thank you. Thank you, man. I'm really excited, and uh, thank you guys for inviting me here. Get to know um, some of my, of my beautiful fans, and... Uh, I'm ready to take the challenge, and uh, my goal is help this team win. I love to win. I'm really very competitive, and that's what I came here for. You know, you played on some, obviously, some winning teams, Pedro, with the Chicago Cubs. For the last number of years, you won a World Series. Uh, you were in the postseason, it seemed like, every year until this past year. When, when you're making a decision about where to go, because other teams were interested in you, as frequently as you pitched against the Reds the last couple of years, what is it that you like about this Reds team? And when you're sitting in the dugout on the other side or on the mound, what do you like about the Reds? I like, I like about the Reds, I like a lot that uh, they've been learning the division. Like, they know how to, how to compete now. Like, I remember uh, being talking with my ex-teammates with the Cubs. Like, hey, why we, it's been so tough to, to win a ball game against the Reds this year? Like, it's different. Mm -hmm. It was just because, like, they have... Uh, group of coach with more experience and guys that basically know knows the division mm -hmm. and having a great group of guys competing 
and, and uh, young guy too. We got this kid Castillo, the Aquino, uh, Garrett coming out of the pan, Iglesias. So you're talking about uh, a young young guy with the with the desire to win too. So I think that's what make the Reds special. And then um, the front office adding more pieces like mm -hmm. uh, Castellano, yep. Mustacas. I mean. Myself. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so I think I think we're gonna. I'm really excited to be part of of, of this uh, special group, and I'm pretty sure we, we're gonna be able to, to make you guys have fun this season. Tom was talking before we went to break about you know it, it's one thing to be a, a good player on a bad team. It's different to be a good player on a, a good team. You've been a good player on a good team. What, what does that take, uh, and what do you bring to the table as far as that goes with, with guys that, that maybe haven't experienced a whole lot of winning here in Cincinnati? For me, I, I, I don't like, I mean, I don't, I don't care what team I play for or, or like, the, like if we're in last play or first play, every time I come to the mound, I'm going to come, I'm going to come hard. I'm going to come uh, to compete and try to be my, 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 my the other team, they play, the team we're playing against with. And so that's what we need. We need a, a group of guys pushing to the same direction, and the direction is win, and that, that's, that's all it is. You were a position player when you started playing baseball, right? <laughs> you were a shortstop. Now, does that mean you couldn't hit? Is that what you're telling us? Because all of a sudden now you're dominating on the mound for the last five years? It's crazy. I can hit. I can hit better now than, 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 I, than I could when I was a shortstop. Probably seeing a lot more fastballs now than you were then. Yeah, maybe playing catch with pitchers. Maybe you you get to learn to see the spin out of the hands. Because when I was a shortstop, I couldn't recognize what it was. What it was. right out of the hand, I, I thought everything was fastball. So. Did you fight that move when they wanted you to go from shortstop to become a pitcher, or were you kind of like, okay, I'm not hitting, and it's time to try something different? No, I liked it because I, I knew I had a good arm, and I was already tired of the the, the, the failure. Right. And I was like, I was the first one to tell them, like, hey, I think I can pitch. Oh, and you like, were. You're yeah. right. Okay. And then they, 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 they said no. They said no. I think you, you, you still got it. You can, you can do it. And uh, you're going to play in the big league as a short. But I was like, eh, I don't know. And then they finally decided to put me on the mound. I think I, I liked it. Yeah, you did all <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I think that was a good, yeah, good career move there. Uh, shortstop's a fun position, though. Do you ever miss it? Yeah, sometimes, like, uh, during BP, I always come and chore and kind of play some <laughs> ground ball in there. But I don't, I don't miss hitting. I wasn't that good, so. <laughs> when most pitchers come into Great American Ballpark, there are a lot of them that seem to get quite intimidated by the ballpark, being a hitter-friendly ballpark. You've had a lot of success pitching in this ballpark. Why do you think that is? I think, like, because when I get in the mound, I'm not thinking about how big is the ballpark. I'm, I'm thinking uh, um, execute my pitches in that moment and uh, go pitch by pitch. And also, I pitch in Baltimore, which is a really yeah right right yeah and texas and, and texas yeah. and, and chicago too like right. when that wind's blowing out is it's crazy but like like i said you you don't you don't think about it you just go there and compete and, and you execute your pitches and you'll be all right you've been one of the top ground ball pitchers in the last several years uh it, when you look at that and, and you you talk about having success in different ballparks especially in this day and age where we're talking a lot about launch angle and things like that uh, is 
how do you how do you kind of balance that when 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 you know hitters are trying to lift you're a ground ball guy does that play into your hands a little bit better or do you have to change the way you attack guys yeah the 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 game is a little different now you know the the launch angle is tough the spin rate all that so you got to adjust to to what is what is now i mean i'm a ground ball pitcher always sinker baller so what I did last month of the season was I was trying, I was elevating a little bit my four seamers. So that make my sinkers more effectively. So I was doing that combination, elevation and sinkers along with my slider. So you got to adjust to the lead. And now the launch angle stop, you got you to pitch up in the sun too. All right, I got to ask you before you get out of here, and I know it's about time for you to leave. I've been sitting in the booth watching you all these years, and you wear that hat crooked, okay? <laughs> right? And there's some other dude that does that, too. I can't remember who it is, but that guy couldn't throw the ball over the plate. And I was convinced, you know, they don't tell golfers or basketball shooters, you know, to have anything cockeyed, right? <laughs> How did you start doing that, and, and are you going to continue to do it? I mean, I have a lot of, a lot of issue with that when it came to Chicago. Um... But I want, I want to tell my fans that I'm not trying to respect the game with that. It's just a bad habit. I call it a bad habit because I don't, I don't think it's good. I don't know why. <laughs> if you're pitching good, what's the difference? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, right? you, I can put it straight, and then after the pitch, that hat is going to go there. I don't know, somehow. It's just a bad habit. So is your head lopsided maybe a little bit? <laughs> yeah, so I, I just wanted to you make clear. You know I'm kidding. Come on. No, I'm I just want to make you know. clear, you know, I don't, I'm not trying to respect nobody. I'm not trying to respect the game with that. It's nothing that uh, – the. I'm not doing it on purpose. It's just like bad habit. I think it. I think it gives you some kind of advantage in a weird way. I really do. I mean, because guys are looking at you. I mean, and their first kind of take is when you see it. You know, something's a little <laughs> off mark maybe there. They, a little maybe bit. the haters say, "Man, is he looking at me or he's looking at he's looking at the dog? What's he looking at?" <laughs> I I, I want to ask you too. You, you've worked hard at this, so I want to I want to bring this up because we're happy to have you on. You're originally from the Dominican Republic. You didn't speak English until you came to the States. But you've really worked hard mm -hmm. to improve your English and, and get to this point where you're here and we can have an easy conversation. Take us through that process. What did you do to get your English to this level, and, and, and why was that so important to you? Well, when I first got to the United States, I couldn't speak at all. So I was like, man, I'm a friendly guy. I like to talk. I like to learn, especially when coaches trying to – teach you something that you, you wasn't able to understand. It was really hard for me. So I really uh, started to do something to learn the quickest possible. So I, um, by that time, I was with the Rockies, and they were big with the, with the English and the, and the minor league system. So I talked to my English teacher. She gave me like a little note notebook that I put on my package. So every time I go to the mall or restaurant or something, people try to say something I couldn't understand. I, I was able to say... Can you write it down for me, please? So they did. I go to the teacher. Hey, I went to the mall, and they were trying to tell me this. Well, what is this? Uh, <laughs> she kind of explained to me, and this is how I was, like, I was getting a little by a little until I got to this point. That's outstanding. You it really have, is. You it still really the, is. Do you still have the notebook? No. No, okay. I wish. I <laughs> yeah. wish. I wish, but I, I don't have it no more. I, I lost it. Well, we're looking forward to watching you on the field this year. Congratulations. Thanks so much for stopping by. Good seeing you, man. So much. All the best. Thank you. All right. Our newest Red, Pedro Strobe, joining us. This is the Reds Hot Stove League. We'll have Nick Crawl joining us when we return. This is the Reds Hot Stove League at the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF.
Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League. We are live at the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Red season ticket plans now start at just 13 games. The new 13-game membership gives you great seats for all Saturday home games, plus guaranteed opening day and postseason ticket options. And with the flexibility of the season ticket exchange program, if you can't make a Saturday or can trade for another game, for additional information, visit reds.com slash membership. So there you go. I tell you uh, what, that's a good deal before we get to Nick. Great I deal. mean, that's a great idea for the Reds because I over the weekend, Super Bowl Sunday, my mother-in-law, right? Oh, what a great day to buy tickets for the Lion King. <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday. No. You, you, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's a different topic, different time. Are you But going? being able to, I did go at 1 well, o'clock. Uh, it was fine. It was great. But <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday, and, you know, your mother-in-law is nice enough to do it. We'll leave it alone. Right. But to be able to turn it back in, yeah. if you can't make it and get your money back, that yeah. kind of, I mean, that, that's fact. a really good deal. Yeah, exchange them out. Yep. Yep. Good deal. Uh, well, we are joined now by Red's Vice President of Baseball Operations and General Manager, Nick Craw. How you doing? I'm good. you got to be good. Look at the moves you guys have made this year. I mean, you guys have to really feel good about the offseason you've had. And, and how does this fit in line? You, you get Pedro Strope, and we kind of figured the, the, relieving, the reliever signings might come towards the end of this whole process. That seems to be the way it's played out. How, how does this offseason align with the offseason plan going in? Well, I mean, look, we, we, our first goal was to add offensive players to this club. We, we did that. Um, it was to improve the on-base percentage of, of what we had. Um, it was to, you know, solidify the bullpen. We did that. Um, it was to add starting pitching depth. We did that as well. I think we feel really good about the, the guys we brought in and, you know, the quality of people we've brought in as well that come from championship pedigree. I'm curious, Nick, when, when you assemble this team, we were talking before we came over here and, and even during the show a little bit here and asked Pedro about it about the difference between being a, a really good player or a great player on a mediocre team or a bad team and now being a really good player or a great player on a contending team. Does the mindset change at the very beginning of spring training to any kind of message that you or David or the coaching staff uh, to sit down with this group? And I mean, you know, you can say, yeah, you don't need to tell these guys we potentially have a good team, but do you need to tell these guys we potentially have a good team? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you see it coming in. I, I've, I've gotten text messages from different guys uh, over the course of the offseason uh, that are excited about players coming in. You, you can sense it. You can sense it at Red's Fest when, yep. when, when we signed Mike Boustakis. You can sense it on the caravan with guys when you're having conversations. I get text messages from different guys um, that are excited about players we brought in. I mean, look, we've said it all along. We're looking to win. This is, this is not a – we're not looking to compete. We're not looking to get better. We're looking to win. We're looking to – have, have a club that can compete for division, compete for championship. When you talk about the guys you've brought in and the, the winning track record, uh, how, how big of a factor does that play when you're, when you're evaluating guys that might fit in, knowing there's not a lot of guys in the clubhouse right now that have a lot of winning experience? So how important is that factor when you're looking at guys? Because pretty much like you said, all the guys you brought in, for the most part, have some championship background. Well, I think it's less about guys who are on winning teams and more about guys who bring winning pedigree. You know, I think that when, when, you, when you bring guys like, I mean, guys like Pedro Strope, when he comes in, he, he's a hard-nosed player that can grind in the bullpen, that's a veteran leader in the bullpen. He's a guy, not just because he was on a winning club, but because he is a winning-type player on the club. That's what's really important. 
that, that, that's got to help the bullpen, too. I mean, we, we talked about starting pitching, but, but the bullpen is, is starting to take shape. Yeah, I mean, look, we, we, we've got a handful of guys that, that are probably locks in that pen, and then we've got a lot of guys competing for spots that some had really good years in the big leagues. Um, you know, you look at a guy like Lucas Sims, he was really good in, yep. in, in the big leagues. Um, you know, we, we got uh, I mean, even claiming a guy like Justin Schaefer or, or Josh Smith off of waivers. They did a really good job in AAA and have some good characteristics that can be part of this club. Uh, Ryan Hendricks is a kid who we added to the roster, has never played in the big leagues, but he's a guy that, that throws hard, that, that, that has a chance to be a quality big league reliever. Maybe not right away, but maybe he has at, at some point during the season. You know, adding guys like uh, Nate Jones and, and, and Jesse Biddle. And, Thornburg. And, and, yeah, and Thornburg. Yep. But those guys, there's a lot of competition there for the end of that, end of that, uh, end of that bullpen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what these guys can do in, in camp. You've been asked about it many times, but for those that are here, the injury to Eugenio Suarez, what are your reports and, and what are, you know, what do you see him being able to do or not able to do for how long? You know, I, look, I think that uh, he just got his, he, he got his sling off, so he's, he's going to start his rehab program uh, this week, and, you know, I, it's, it's a wait and see. Um, we know he, he, he went into a pool, hurt his shoulder, had some, uh, 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 had some uh, meniscus issues uh, in, in his shoulder, got cleaned out, and you know we, we feel that he's going to be ready around opening day. Whether it's here, 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 right. I can't tell you. I mean, it's going to have to go through the rehab process. Um, he's going to have to you know go through the fr throwing program and, and, and see what happens in, in spring training. He'll be limited, obviously, right out of the shoot, and then hopefully by the end of camp he, he will ramp up and, and see where it is. And you know if he starts the season on the aisle or he starts the season healthy we're just not sure yet and the backup plan at this point in time would be what well i think i mean moustakas is a third baseman right. by trade sure. i think that's that's the easy move that's the easy move yeah. to, um we we've we've discussed it some um i think you're going to see him probably just move over um but then he'll also play some second base as well i think in the infield you know josh van meters had some uh mm -hmm. played well yep um we kyle farmer alex blandino guys who have played well there um, I, I think you're going to, you know, we'll have some mix and match and, and uh, see what happens. Is Nick Senzel, is it looking like he's on track to be ready by opening day or is that still, does that still remain to be seen? Yeah, I mean, look, Nick's, Nick's still going through his rehab program. So he started throwing in January and, and he's another one. He had a, he had a, a more extensive surgery than, than Eugenio did, but um, he obviously had it a lot earlier than, than, than Gino. So, we're hoping that he's going to be ready for opening day, and, and I think we're uh, that's that's the that's the goal uh, with Nick. Do you have time to stick around for one more? Sure. All right. More with Nick Crawl coming up. This is the Reds Hot Stove League live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. Welcome back to the Holy Grail Bank. This is the Reds Hot Stove League presented by Budweiser and UDF. The Reds Hall of Fame and Museum presented by Densmore and the Moorline Lager House have teamed up for the second annual Brunch, Brews, and Baseball. It's held Sundays through March 15th. The two-hour experience starts at the Logger House for brunch and includes a flight of their award-winning beers. Then head to the ballpark for a tour that includes a stop in the Reds Clubhouse and much more. For tickets and additional information, visit redsmuseum.org. We continue our chat with Reds Vice President of Baseball Operations and General Manager Nick Crawl. And uh, Nick, I, I want to ask you a little bit, obviously the question that David gets a lot is, how, do, how does that lineup fit? How do you balance all the outfielders? So I'll, I'll kind of ask, ask you, we've talked about it a little bit, uh, about matchups. How, I mean, this really, with the depth that you have in the outfield, really gives you 
the luxury to put the best three outfielders on the field every day and how they match up against a certain day's pitcher. And it seems like it goes a little deeper than just right versus left. Yeah, I would say absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you, can, you can mix and match the beginning of the game. You might put a defensive replacement at the end of the game and mix and match, like, you know, who's playing left, center, right based on, on, on the score and, and, and everything else you're looking at in the game. So it's, it is a lot more just left versus right. It's, it's, you know, who faces this breaking ball or who faces this fastball. I, I think it's very exciting to have options whenever you're looking at, I can build my lineup each day and it's, it's lo- a lot longer than it was last year. Um, when, when you look at adding Moose, you look at adding um, Shogo, you look at adding Castellanos, there, there's guys that can do different things. And whether it's, hey, I'm looking for uh, a speed component or I'm looking for uh, you know, a power component, whatever it is, there's options there. When you're looking at the outfield, um, and, and look, there are a lot of things, and we've talked about this a lot on this show this winter, especially the two guys that for the better part of the last five years have been ranked the number one prospect in the organization. In first, Winker followed shortly thereafter for a couple of years by Nick Senzel. Both try to come back from major injuries a season ago. I, I guess it's safe to say, correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm wrong a lot, so that's okay, the Castellanos is going to get a chance to be basically an everyday guy, wherever that would be in the outfield. So now you have Aquino, you have Senzel, you have Winker. Uh, I'm drawing blanks now. Urban, and I'm forgetting one more. You've got Shevler, you got Shevler okay. who played well. well, well let's, let's play with those other four or five there for a minute or two. What, do, do you envision that becoming a situation, Nick, where if Senzel is healthy, he becomes what he was last year, the everyday center fielder, and then you've got to figure out what to do with some of those other guys moving forward? Or not necessarily. No, not necessarily. Okay. I, mean, I, th- I think there, there's there's a lot of options there. I mean, there's, I mean, we've got what six games right at, in the first month that are DH games. So you're going to be able to mix and match there and give some guys early days off and and have an extra bat in the lineup. Um, you know, I, I Good think. Good point. Yeah. I, I think that you're going to get guys. I think that we all get excited about. Oh, we have this. We have this. And then people get hurt. It just happens. Okay. I mean, there's always somebody hurt that you have to have to account for and being able to have this depth yeah somebody's going to step in and and get every day at bats and there's going to be a quality hitter that 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 that's somebody's going to be and, and roster flexibility with with guys that can play multiple positions comes into play there as well we're talking about suarez if he's out to start the year at third you move mustakas over if sinzel's healthy i know there's an option mm-hmm. that he could play some second base as well it, that seems to be a big factor with this team, too, is, is the, the amount of flexibility that, that the guys have playing different positions. Yeah, I mean, if you if you need to, I mean, uh, Castellanos has played infield, right? right. So, like, a lot. Sin, yeah, so Senzel's played in, infield at times. Um, you know, you, you, can, you can do a lot of different things with, with your lineup. If you look at our club from three, four years ago, we had very limited flexibility. And when something happens, you had to find a one-for-one piece. Now it's, 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 it's much better to look at your club and say, okay, if this happens, you can do this and this and put two guys into a position where they can succeed. If you do this or this, you can put two other guys in a position. So we are very excited about the, the, the quality depth that we have. You talked about playing American League teams early on. There, there's starting to be more and more talk that, that maybe as soon as not this season, but perhaps next season, we may see the designated hitter in both leagues. Mm-hmm. Like it or not, it seems like it's coming. Do you, is there any way to plan for that in your guys' position? I mean, are you looking at that thinking, all right, we've, we've got this log jam now, but, but maybe in a couple of years it works out. I mean, it, how, do, how do you 
handle that? I don't think you can plan for it. Yeah. I mean, like right now, we, we just the like last year, if you would have signed a contract to a guy who's a lefty specialist and a lefty specialist only, you'd be stuck with him right now. And, and that wasn't really on the table no. when you were signing contracts last offseason. So I think you just have to go and plan for what the rules are. And if it changes, you got to be able to adapt. I'm curious your thoughts on this blockbuster trade involving the uh, Boston Red Sox and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they were putting up on one of the monitors in the, in, in the room here, and they have every channel known to man in here. Um, in Boston, the reaction is, is overwhelming, at least initially, by some of those that are in the know that follow the team regularly. Some local columnists, I mean, a couple of them they had up there said, worst trade in the history of the Red Sox. That's a long history. Another says Red Sox have phoned in the 2020 season. The theory of a guy going into a free agent year who's a great player for your franchise but could be on the break of making 25, 30, 35, 40 million dollars a year on a long-term deal if you want to make that kind of commitment and then having to make the decision of keep him or trade him. It's not an easy one. Let's first off understand Babe Ruth was traded from the Red Sox. Yes, he was. So <laughs> yes. Let's, no, let's right. first understand. Yeah, that puts it in a, in a very... <laughs> yeah. uh, Acute context. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, I, look, I think they, they look at what they got to do for their club and, and they feel that this is going to position them best for the future and, and, and moving forward. I think that, you know, we're in a little bit different boat where we're, we're trying to do something different than trade for prospects. We've been able to, we've been able to make some deals so far this, uh, uh, this winter, not give up any prospects and then bring some players in. But I think each team is in a different spot where, uh, where, where they are and they've got to make the best decisions for their club. Nick, Nick. I'm also not sure. Is is it done yet? I don't know I, either. I yeah, I'm it. not sure. It, it, this has been a wild deal, the way this yeah. whole thing has played out over the last 24 hours. Nick, thanks so much for stopping by. Appreciate you coming on with us, and uh, congratulations on what's been a great offseason. Now, good luck this season. Thanks. All thanks, right. Nick. See Nick Crawl. Appreciate it, man. Thanks. Reds Vice President of Baseball Operations and General Manager, kind enough to join us today. This is the Reds Hot Stove League from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF. We'll wrap it up next. Welcome back into the Reds Hot Stove League, live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Budweiser and UDF, wrapping things up. Registration is now open for the College Advantage Red Lakes run on Saturday, May 30th. Sign up today for the 10K, 5K, one-mile family fun run or the Gappers Kids Fun Run. All proceeds benefit the Reds Community Fund. Register today at reds.com slash runyourrunner. That'd be right up your alley. It would be. You can do that all you want. I'll yep. be right here. All watching right. you, cheering you on. Thank you. Uh, you know, we, you were asking Nick about the, uh, the the move that the Red Sox have reportedly made uh, and the Dodgers. That that figures to make the Dodgers a lot better. Um, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at this. You know, the Reds don't play the Dodgers a lot. But if you're a team like Cincinnati, you have hopes of being in the postseason. That's the expectation. Not the hope, but the expectation. You kind of keep an eye on what other these top-tier teams do. Do I, I still look at the rotations, top to bottom? I still like the Reds' rotation yep. a lot better. I'm with you. I, I think the Dodgers are still missing some pitching. Yeah, and and you know what's Kershaw going to be like at the end of the yeah. day? I mean, what what does 2020 hold for him? I mean, I'd take him in a heartbeat. Don't get me wrong, but you, you just never know. Coming back from his first real injury a year ago and missed a lot of time. I think you start in your division and you start looking sure. around what those teams are doing naturally, and then once the season progresses, if you're successful, like you're thinking you're going to be. Now you start getting close to the trade deadline, and maybe now you expand your vision a little bit and say, all right, if we're going to have to play the Dodgers, the Nationals, and somebody else, 
Um, what move might we make to be able to, to beat those teams in a five-game or a seven-game series? And once you get into the season, you have a better idea of what you need. Much needs better, are. no doubt. But when you look at the National League Central, all right, let's do that. I mean, there, there aren't many rotations in the Central that stack up. No. Maybe the Cardinals? Maybe. Maybe. I, I would say on paper, no. But I know what you mean. They're young yeah. and, 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 and very talented. Jack no very good. Yeah. Very, very good. I'm just stunned. I don't know about anybody else. I, I'm just stunned by the Cubs. I really am stunned nothing. by the Cubs. I mean, this is a big market, big money, powerhouse team with some really good players. Things did not work out last year. And like Pedro said off the air, they still have a lot of good players they coming do. back this year. And now they're trying to shop Chris Bryant. I mean, yeah. you got go go to feel good when you look Send at the Bryant division. here. We'll take it. <laughs> no doubt. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for listening. Hope you enjoyed it for Tom Brenneman. Also, thank you, everybody, for Nick Crawl, Pedro Strobe, everybody that showed up at the Holy Grail Banks, and also those of you listening over the airways. For Dave Yiddy, Arm Brewster, and the broadcast sheriff, Dave Keaton, I'm Tommy Thrall. We'll talk to you next week. Good night.